This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Thank you. I'm just going to kind of move this a little bit. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Welcome online. The Lord is so good. I want to start off just praying because I believe God's going to just do some special things tonight. You ready? Father, I thank you so much for your goodness. Oh, Father, you're so good and you're so merciful. And for everyone hearing this message tonight, that their eyes are enlightened, that the mercies of God, the healing mercies of God, flow to them, Father. And they see you and who you are, and they allow you to touch their hearts. Thank you for your kindness always, Father, that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, the Lord's so good. I'm so excited to be here and share with you along the lines of healing. It is my absolute favorite. And the reason why is in 1992, I was seven months pregnant with Michael and a duct in my pancreas shut down. Not the part on the insulin side, it was the part that digests food. At first we thought that I'm in early labor, so I just you know was in bed rest. But after Michael was born, I kept going, I feel like I'm still gonna have a baby. These pains are huge. They're lasting hours and hours and they're pretty debilitating. Well, they didn't know exactly what it was. It took months. And then by January, they said, it's, it's the pancreas. So they sent me to a specialist and I'll never forget, he said to me, he said, we're gonna need to do surgery right away or the pancreas is going to just get more and more damage. These are acute pancreatic attacks. Any one of them could be fatal. Not always, but any one of them could. We got to get you in surgery right away. So I did. I said, okay, let's go. Let's get it. Here I have at this point a five-month-old, a seven-year-old, and a nine-year-old. I could barely function and move around. And I'm like, I just want to get out of pain. Let's go. Let's do this surgery. So I did, but the pains were double and triple. And where I'd have one attack maybe once a week, I was having three. They couldn't control the pain, and I was like, I don't understand. I had this so that I'd get out of pain, and everything went from bad to worse to really, really bad. The fear associated with the pains, knowing each one could damage the pancreas, was like, okay, I need help here. I'll never forget, we went in front of the doctor, and he said to Alan and I, he said, I'm so sorry. We caught her too late. There's too much damage to the pancreas already. And what we tried to do, it didn't work. We could give you pancreatic, creatin pills. She could take them before she eats, after she eats. She could take pain pills or do a morphine shunt. It was a quiet walk to the elevator, a quiet ride down, and a quiet ride home. What do you do when what you believe, because I believed in healing, it, it just all went the wrong way. But you see, I know who I believe in. And God is a healer. Medical science did everything they could to help me. 
but they were out of answers, and sometimes that happens. Is it over with? No, not with God. He's merciful and he's kind. I remember praying at that time going, Lord, I didn't even really pray about the surgery. I just wanted to get out of pain. But I didn't really pray about it. And everything got worse. And I remember praying and going, Lord, do you, can you help me? Even though I made a mistake in not praying, is there still a mercy for me? Even if things got worse and I made a mess of something. Have you ever made a mess of something? And you're like, oh no, it's my own fault. I did this to myself. Can God help me? I'm standing here today to tell you he's merciful and he's kind and he's good and he goes beyond any kind of mistake that we could possibly made, make in our life at all. And I want to just show you how he helped me because this began my study on healing. I thought if medical science can't help me, God can. The doctor said, you're going to need a miracle. I said, I believe in a miracle worker. So I went to the scriptures. These words of God are life. These words of God are medicine. These words of God are gospels that can change and heal your soul. There's no side effects from this. And I thought, I've known about healing. I believe in healing. How do I believe and get to the place where I can receive it for myself? Would God do that for me? Yes, he will. So let's go back and I'm going to give you a little bit of history of healing. Are you ready? We're going to move real quick through this and then we're going to get to some uh, a one passage in the New Testament I want to get to that I really feel the Lord wants to talk to us on. In the book of Exodus is where the first place we see healing. The children of Israel, God delivers them with a mighty hand out of Egypt. They come out of darkness. They come out of Egypt. The Red Sea opens. They walk across it. It's a glorious day. They've got tambourines and they're just dancing. They're like, what a great triumph this is. Three days after that, they happen upon water that's bitter. It's called Mara. The people of God are like, Moses, why did you do this? They're mad, and they start just pointing the finger and blaming. Isn't it true that that happens to us? Something happens. It's bitter. You want to point the finger and be upset at somebody. Moses, sometimes with myself, I'm like, I want to point the finger back. Don't get mad at me. Moses could have done that. He didn't. You know what he does? He prays, and he asks the Lord, oh, Lord, what do I do? The Lord said, take a tree, which is symbolic of the cross, put it in that bitter water, it'll turn it sweet. And it did just that, the bitter water turned sweet. And the Lord says this, I am going to establish an ordinance, a rule, a, a new thing for you. And that is, I am the Lord that heals you. 
I am the one that can make bitter experiences sweet. I am Jehovah Rapha, your God. If you'll do what I say to do, if you'll listen to my voice, if you'll hear it and diligently do it, you'll see me and can receive me as the Lord, your healer. Do you love that? That's what happens with sickness, a bitter thing, something you can't ingest and take in. And God says, I can change that. Put the cross in the middle of it. Put Jesus in the middle of it. That's what I didn't do. But I was also willing to go, Father, I made a mistake. I didn't do it. I need help and mercy. And he still brought mercy and can still bring mercy in our life. So we see that in the book of Exodus. Then King David in Psalm 103 says this in verse 2 and 3. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What are the benefits of the Lord? Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Benefits. He forgives all. All means all. Isn't that easy? I love the simplicity. All means all. He forgives all our sins and iniquities. He heals all diseases. Those are benefits of the Lord. If you work in, I need this. Okay, ready? Go. Here we go. <laughs> Benefits are this. If you work for a job and they give you a paid vacation, you don't have to take it, but you can. If you work for a job and they offer insurance, you don't have to take it, but it's a benefit and you can. Forgiveness and healing are things God gave us. Do you realize that healing is a part of our salvation? Right before Easter, we have to look at this and go, what happened before the cross? Jesus was beaten before he got to the cross and died for our sins. He was beaten. He didn't have to be. Blows that cut into him. Stripes were put on his back. A crown of thorns was put on his head. And by those stripes, by those blood, those blows that cut into him, we are healed. It's a part of our salvation. That happened before he got to the cross and died for our sins. It's a benefit. You don't have to receive it, but you can. Healing is a part of it. You can receive salvation and healing all at the same time. It's a package. It's a benefit of the Lord. I would recommend you take it. <laughs> we had a little, we went on a little trip one time to Pensacola and we had this little condo we got with all the kids. And in it, they had these beach towels, really nice ones, not the type I get at the grocery store that barely dry you, they're real thin. You know those type? Okay, not that type. These were real thin, and they had a monogram on it. And I'm like, wow, these are great. So we're, we're about to leave, and Alan says, don't forget the towels. I was like, Alan, my Aunt Mary takes things from hotels and all, but I can't believe you want to take the towels from this condominium. He said, they're part of the package. I said, no, they're not. We had an argument. No, they're not. Nobody gives towels this good. They don't. They're going to wash them and use them again. It has their name on it. I can't even believe you did. He said, call. I said, I'm so embarrassed. I called the management. I'm like, um, 
my husband thinks that the towels are, are, I know we're not supposed to take. She goes, oh, that's part of the package. <laughs> when you paid for the, the week of the condo, those towels, go, I still have them and I love them because I'm like, you know, Lord, I'm taking everything you give me. It's a part of a package deal. I almost left it. Have you left healing behind? Have you left a benefit that the Lord would give you behind? And yet it's part of what he gave you when he and before he even died on the cross. He made sure that we had healing today. That's what we see in the Psalms. But Isaiah prophesied about it 700 years before Jesus came. He says this in Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. Again, we have to remember, we're in that cross in the bitter waters. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are, look at that, healed, present tense. That word wounded means pierced through. That means bruised means crushed. That means that um, word means stripes means blows that cut in. Huh. That's what happened on the cross for us. And by those stripes, present tense, we are healed. 700 years before Jesus comes, it's prophesied. What happens when Jesus comes? In Acts 10, 38, it says this. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. How did he do that? Because God was with him. Who was, where did the oppression come from? The devil. What did Jesus do? He did good things and he healed all. All. He healed all. Why? Because that's who God is. He personified God the Father. God does good things. God heals. He doesn't oppress you. He doesn't put the sickness on you. It's said in that scripture, it's not from him. He goes about and he does good and heals. I love that about who he is. But he died and rose from the dead. Is that still applicable for today? It is, because we see the disciples healing after Jesus died and rose from the dead. Peter and John are going into the temple. There's a lame man there. They say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he gets strength in his ankle and feet bones. He rises up, leaps and praises God. He's healed. Peter walks by people and his very shadow, his shadow, Coming, his shadow causes healing after Jesus is raised from the dead. And then he says, lay hands on the sick and he'll recover them. He'll raise people up. Healing is very much a part of your salvation. And he wants it for you in your body, in your soul. So what I did here too, you could see where healings throughout the Old Testament, healings in the Psalms, healings prophesied by Isaiah, healings in the New Testament. What I did that really helped me, this is all I had, medical science, and I appreciate medical science. I have really felt led at times to use medical science and the help they gave us and the wisdom, and I appreciate that. This time they didn't have anything. I had God's words. 
this medicine. So I went through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I went to all the healing passages and I studied them. What did Jesus say? What did the person say? He says and does something different in each scenario. It's fascinating. And that's why we have to go before the Lord and pray and ask him, what would you have me to do? Would you help me? Would you have mercy on me? And he will help you individually with what you need that no one else knows sometimes. But he does. And he loves us. There's about 19 individual separate accounts of healing. Some of them are listed a couple of times in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The one I'm going to share with you tonight is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which means we want to look at it. Each, each description gives a different dimension. I love them all. As I went through them, I began praying and asking the Lord, Ah, Father, how am I here? Talk to me here. And he talked to me. And he healed my body. And little by little, I got stronger and stronger. And I kept saying at that time, thank you, Lord, for the healing power of God. It's that work in me bringing about a healing and a cure. There'll be an end to this, and it'll be a good end. Thank you for a revelation and an abundance of peace and truth. That's Jeremiah 33, 6. So I want to share with you tonight, bring it down. I love what Alan says. It becomes powerful when it becomes personal. So you've got to take the scriptures and make them your own and see what it is that you would speak to me. I'm going to talk about a woman that's hemorrhaging. Maybe you know her as the woman with the issue of blood. She's in between this other story of healing. I want to kind of give you a scenario here. This woman is considered unclean. She is not allowed in the markets. She's not allowed in the synagogues. Anything she touches is considered unclean. Anyone who touches her is considered unclean. She's almost just a social leper. She's not allowed to do anything. Could you imagine? This happened to her for 12 years. Can't touch anyone. Can't touch anything. Can't be touched. Unclean, unclean. Wow, very difficult emotionally as well as physically. The Bible says she suffered many things. She's in a good deal of pain. But in this story, Jesus comes, gets off of a boat from off the sea, and when he comes, the people in this land are so excited to see him. They're probably going, he's here, he's here. He's healing. I've heard he's healed. There's throngs of people, which means it's a huge crowd. People just smashed and swooshed in together. Lots and lots of people. And there's a man in the story. This story is kind of like an Oreo, which is one of my favorites. She's a sweet cream in the middle, but there's two parts of it around it. So I'm just going to give you this scenario so you could see. A man, a ruler of the synagogue, he's a man prominent, probably a man of wealth. But his little girl is sick. She's at the point of death. Now sickness hits every household. 
things like that, things happen. He needed help. Probably when he came in the crowd, people stepped aside. Oh, here's Jairus. He's a ruler of the synagogue. He somehow or another gets to where Jesus is, and when Jesus comes off the boat, he's right there. He's very reverent. He worships the Lord, and he says, would you just come and lay hands on my daughter because she's going to die? I, I know if you lay hands on her that she'll live. Jesus is so kind and so good. He goes, yeah, I'll go with you. I know you love your little girl. He, I don't know if he said exactly that, but he said, I'm going to go. So he goes. Now you're thinking that Jesus, is he following Jairus? Actually, when we're on any journey with the Lord, we have to remember we are following him, which means we start and stop wherever he starts and stops. And he stops on his way to see his little girl who's dying or at the point of death. He stops because there's this little woman that's hemorrhaging for 12 years she has no social standing and no prominence. The contrast in this passage is amazing. Whether you have a lot or you don't, God knows and can help you and heal you. Amen. Could you imagine how she felt? Nobody's parting the crowd for her. She's going to go low. And let's see where she's. I'm going to read it right out of my um, passage here. It's in the King James Version. It will be up here. I love to read my Bible. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood was staunched or stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude's wronging you and pressing you. And you're going to say, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. When the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him, and she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of a good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. I love this passage. We're going to break it down into just three things. She comes in the press behind. Many other translations, the other two say, she kept saying on the inside of her, if I just touch his garment, if I touch something that represents him, I don't even have to touch him. He doesn't have to even touch me. I just need to touch something that represents him. And I know that I'll receive healing. At that time, they wore like often a little cloak over their clothes that had tassels on it. And some historians say she may have touched the fringe of a tassel. Those tassels were worn for people to remember. Remember the promise. Remember the promise that God has. God has a promise for us. Touch that promise. And you touch God and you touch healing. She touched it and immediately had a sense of relief, some kind of pain, something lifted off of her body. Immediately. She knew it and God knew it. Knew it. How do we touch the tassel? How do we touch the hem of God? We touch the promises of God here. We hold on to what God has to say. And we keep them in our heart. And we keep them in our mouth. And we say, this word, 
This word is life to me. This word is medicine to me. God's word is good to me. God is my healer. By his stripes, I am healed. He took it so I don't have to take it. God laid all sin and all those things on Jesus for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's how you begin to touch the hem of his garment today. With this scripture, she touches it and immediately senses relief. Relief after years of suffering. It doesn't matter how long you've gone through stuff, whether it's physical or emotional. God's healing power can work for you. We put Christ in the middle of this. We put the cross and what happened there in the middle of any bitter situation he turns it sweet. I love that. I love to think of him like, oh, Father, it's like getting, it's like getting a, a glass of tea that's bitter. I'm like, I need some sugar in there. <laughs> He's our sugar. He sweetens up life, and there's nothing too hard for him. He heals all diseases. There's nothing too hard for him to forgive either. He forgives all. They go together often. One thing I love about this, too, and you're thinking, okay, so, you know, is this like a drive-by healing? Let me just touch the hem of his garment and go. She's not even supposed to be in public. So she did it all wrong. But God makes it right. Don't you love that? You can do some things wrong. I made a mistake. I did. I didn't pray about it. And everything got worse. And yet he still was merciful to me. His mercies are new every morning. And I'm telling you today, he will be merciful to you. He can turn around any bitter situation, whether it's in your body, whether it's in your soul. He turns around and says, somebody touch me. I like his disciples are like, there's a lot of people here. Like, Jesus, this is, I, there's a lot. How, how could you even tell? He says, I know. There's power that went out of me. And one minister said that the healing power of God is like electricity in the natural realm. I like that. Electricity. And your electricity's off. Okay, you don't have lights at night. But you don't have power. Nothing works. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he's not only the light of your, word, your world, he's power. He causes things to work on the inside of you that don't work. He can cause organs to work. He can cause things that haven't functioned for a long time to work. But he turns around and he sees her and she's like, I can't be hid. And she tells him all the truth. This is real important. You must be honest before the Lord in your prayers. You must tell him all the truth. But he knows all the truth. But tell him. She's trembling and fearful because she doesn't know what he's going to do. Is he going to point the finger and go, how dare you do that? Is he going to give her a backhand? You're going to really get it. No. He has an outstretched hand. Even when you tell him the not-so-good truth that no one else knows. What are you hiding? What things do you need to tell the Lord? Healing can be right there. 
I'll never forget a moment seeing someone that was having to get sobered from a drunken state. Their heart was so sad. And on their arms, I saw cuts that they couldn't hide anymore. I didn't say, how could you do that? I was like, what pain? What pain? What pain have you gone through? The reason why we don't have to cut or hurt ourselves is because he was cut for us. The reason why we don't have to have grief and sorrow and pain is because he took it for us. He was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. He was rejected, despised of men. He took it so we don't have to. It's a part of our salvation. And it does him nothing but honor and praise to receive that. Honest before the Lord, telling him all the truth. And he says to her, daughter, be of a good comfort. He's about to go heal someone's little girl. No one claimed her. What family is there for her? He claims her as his own. This is the only time he calls someone a daughter. He talks about a daughter of Abraham. He talks about a woman and a little girl. He'll, he, here he claims her as his and says, I want you to be comforted. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be able to go in peace. And that's the word of the Lord to each of us. He claims us as his own. Maybe somebody else rejected us. Maybe somebody else hurt you, said something, but that's not who God is. I love that he's like, you don't have to just take it off the table of God. I want to hand it to you. I want to speak to you. And he gave her more than relief in her physical body. He spoke to her heart and said, let it be known that I'm giving this to you. I want this for you. I have comforts for you. You see, the Lord, when he speaks to you out of the book of Job, it says this, he will relieve you of grief. It actually uses the word, he assuages, he soothes our grief. I like that word, assuage but he strengthens us with his words. He soothes any grief. He's like, I want to lift that off of you. So when you go before the Lord, let him speak those healings words to you he did to me. And little by little, I didn't need the medication anymore and the healing power of God worked in my life. Last acute pain I had was Mother's Day, 1996, right before we started the church. And I'm so thankful that I'm alive and I didn't die and I can declare the works of the Lord to you. He's merciful. He's merciful. If you bow your heads, let's pray. If there's anyone here today and you're like, I don't know if I'm even saved or I'm so ridiculously far away. Only God and I know that. I don't understand what it is to be born again. If that's you, Oh, receive salvation today. Lift your hands and we'll pray together. Anybody here? Online. Someone. Yeah, I see. There you go. Good, 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 good. This is the day. I want to make sure I'm right. I want to reconnect with God, my Savior and Healer. We're going to pray together. Say this after me. Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. And I know I can't save myself. 
Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You died on the cross for my sins, and God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord and Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I am a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen, best decision you can make. I like this. Do you know that we have these over there? You can give this to someone and say, pray this prayer and write your name here too. And if you turn this in, I'm the one who prays over these. It's wonderful. I love these names. And we pray over them for a whole year. A whole year we pray that God will work in your life, that he'll enlighten you, that he'll strengthen you, that you'll see his mercies, that you'll hear his voice and you'll let him speak to your heart and heal you from the inside out. It's his will. He wants you to have peace. He wants to send you away tonight with peace. Thank you, Father, for the healing power of God that would work in and among this people. Thank you for your words of life and relief on the inside. Thank you for who you are because you're great and mighty and true and you speak in the midst of life no matter how bitter the waters are, Father. Thank you for sweetening in and all around this people. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. He'll be gracious to you all the days of your life. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.